Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. DeSantis out of the race. It's not what I wanted. I've been very clear about the fact that it's not what I wanted. But, you know, you you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometimes, you find you get what you need. That should be a song. That should be a song. I don't think anybody's ever said that before. So, uh, clearly, clearly, I'm the first person. Tony Katz! Tony Katz today. What's going on, kitten? 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. 833-468-8669. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. You should do that immediately. Uh, if not sooner, and go check that out for sure. Become a supporter. DeSantis was um, clear, concise, contrite in his speech where he basically said, uh, the people have spoken, and they said, not me. Now, following our second-place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. <clears throat> Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of <laughs> yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. So he's endorsing Trump and punching Nikki Haley directly in the face and Donald Trump without missing a beat like there was never a beef between them. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m. And in so doing, he was very gracious and he endorsed me. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that. And I also look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will have- 
So Ron DeSantis is Ron DeSanctimonious. Ron DeSantis is disloyal. Ron DeSantis is all these things. Oh, he endorsed me? Love that guy. I have always loved that. Tommy, have I not? Have I not always said how much I love that guy? Oh, Paulie, you love that guy. You always like I love that guy so much. What a guy. What a pal. What a guy. Have I always said it? You've always said it. Oh, you, you can't say it enough. Who could say it enough? Oh, politics is awesome. How how could you not love this? It's like high school all over again. It's madness. It's spectacular in every single way. Um, I come to you now with a conversation that um, I guarantee you, you're not going to hear much on, on, on talk radio. And I would also um, near guarantee that you wouldn't hear much in wherever you get uh, your live stream. Of course, you can catch us on Rumble and on YouTube and, and on TonyCats.com and Facebook, but Facebook sucks, so you know you can go there if you choose. Um, the Trump supporter now has to answer a question, which is what now? And I don't plan on pulling a punch, and I am not worried about whether or not I make friends. I have never worried so much about whether I make friends. I worry about whether or not the conversation is based in reality. I wanted DeSantis because I thought DeSantis was an easier lift in a general election. I still believe I'm correct about this, and I believe that Donald Trump is a very difficult lift in a general election. But I deal with reality. I deal with what is in front of me. I deal with what is presented to me. And what is presented to me is Donald Trump, right? I mean, we're not going to actually have a conversation about Nikki Haley pulling out New Hampshire and pulling out South Carolina. I don't see her winning either. Now you're going to have a conversation with me about whether or not she can overperform to a percent that gets her into Super Tuesday? Well, let's hold off on that conversation. We can get to it. I will get to it uh, in, in, in a little bit uh, on the radio show. I want to talk to Trump supporters who yelled at you for not supporting Trump and then yelled at you for not supporting Trump enough. Because it's not enough to just say, I'll vote for him. No, no, no. Just like you have people out there who declare it's not enough to say that you'll make the cake for the same-sex marriage. You have to celebrate it. It's not enough that you'll decorate the cake for somebody's transgender surgery. You have to celebrate it. If you are not celebrating Trump, well, then it's not enough. And if you tell me that that's not the case, I'm going to call you a liar to your face, and I am not even going to blink. Liar. Liar. Of course, we have seen that in social media and all over the place. This isn't a question of whether or not you think Trump is the right guy for the job. This isn't a question of whether or not you think Trump has been screwed over by the machine, by the deep state, however you want to call it, with, for example, these indictments. I agree with you on that part wholeheartedly. This is all election interference, all of it. And I hope Fannie Willis goes to jail hiring her lover. As she did, the Fulton County uh, DA hiring her lover, I love saying that word so much, lover, as, as the prosecutor, paying him more than she was willing to pay other people, the vacations taken possibly on the people's dime. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I wonder if they'll give her a cell next to Trump. I don't know. I don't know how that works in Fulton County. 
Um, all of this is, is election interference. Every last bit of it. The Jack Smith case is election interference. You will not get me to disagree with that at all. It's wrong. But there's a fair amount of support for Trump because he's being wronged. And I believe in supporting candidates who can win. My argument being that the move towards Trump from 51% of Iowa and what we're seeing right now in New Hampshire, at least if we think the polling is accurate, and I think it is because uh, I, I'm, at least I'm utilizing this as my example piece. I, and everything could be off base. If 52.5%, that's what, what, uh, what Trump had in, in Iowa going in. The polling said 52.5 and he got 51% of the vote. All right, that's, that's pretty accurate. I don't, I don't believe polls. I've been burned by polls a million times, but I mean, that's close. He didn't come in at 52 and a half and then win by 19 or, you know, get 19% of the vote. He, he won 30% of the vote, which is basically where they thought it was going to go. That's how it was seen. So I have no reason at this point to think New Hampshire is, is off base when, uh, Trump is ahead 13 and a half points or, or is it, or is it 17 and a half points? Hold on a second. Double check. Uh, 17 and a half points. Sorry. He's up 17 and a half. And I don't have any reason to think that that's, that's not the, the, the case, that he's up by, by 17 and, and, and a half. My question is, is somebody being done wrong? Should one emotionally respond to that with saying that's the candidate? Look what they're doing to President Trump. Let's go support him. That's emotional. And with all due respect, uh, the left is what does emotional things. And I'm not interested in that. I have emotions. I save them for family. Uh, my politics is based on who gives me the best chance at the best opportunity. How do I go about getting that best opportunity to be left alone, to live my life, to keep my money, to keep uh, uh, my liberty? Who gives me that best shot and that best chance? Now, if you ask me if it's a conversation of Trump or, or Biden, th- of course there's no answer. There, there, there's no choice there. There's no choice. Of course it's Trump. A thousand days. There's no real decision to be made. But in order to get there, you have to win. And confusing Trump's popularity with a vocal part of the base versus the country. (sighs) The base made an emotional response, and I fear that it's going to bite them in the ass. Now, I'm going to do what, what I do. I'm going to discuss data. I'm going to discuss facts. I'm going to compare things. I'm going to share ideas and thoughts and rationales as to why some thought processes are better than others. Some policies are better than others. Biden does not have a good policy. He doesn't have a good policy. He, he has been pushed further to the left by these progressives. These communists have no good policies. Of course they have to be thwarted. These deep, these deep state people who believe that they should have control of everything, even when they're not in power, have to be thwarted. Of course. We will get no argument from me. But Trump's a much heavier lift. And the question to the Trump supporters is, what is your plan? How do you get him over the finish line in a general? How do you convince suburban soccer moms? How do you get people to the place that I am sharing right here? When those people are watching ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, and CNN, and all they hear every day is January 6th and threat to democracy, how are you going to convince them? Well, there are some ways to do this. 
Certainly, one can discuss where the economy is. Certainly, as we saw from entrance polls in Iowa, immigration is the biggest story. And oh, do I have an immigration story for you coming up. The southern border, where Joe Biden finally admits that there is a problem. Republicans should be striking right now with the deal to get the money to fund the border for the technology, for the Border Patrol agents to make the changes. They should be doing it right now. Put it immediately on Schumer's desk. And when he says we're not doing this, tell Chuck Schumer, the leader of the Senate, the Democrats in the Senate, that he is not doing what it is that Joe Biden wants done because Joe Biden admits there's a problem and a crisis at the border. He admits that the border is not secure. He said the words, I believe, answering the question of Jackie Heinrich of Fox News. The border is a story. Economy is a story. And, of course, war. You understand that we're at war with Iran. Well, Iran's at war with us. We just haven't figured out how to respond yet. All of these things are extremely important things and should be discussed on the daily in order to track independence and others. But as I will discuss, and I'll get to this story, you can't even find the story about two Navy SEALs being missing after a raid of a ship carrying Iranian weapons to the Houthi rebels. It's been 10 days, and the the rescue mission from the Navy SEALs has been changed to a recovery mission, which means... They're not going to find these guys. That's what they believe. No one's talking about this story at all. There are things to discuss and address that can attract voters. But you are going up against January 6th threat to democracy. They've only been having this conversation for a year and a half. And now you've given it to them. I mean... Bearing a miracle for for Nikki Haley, you've given it to them. So my question is, what is your plan? And when you say to me, well, Tony, you're going to have to, whoa, 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 whoa. You watch your holy damn mouth. Don't tell me I got to do a damn thing. You wanted this. I want to know what your plan is. The problem is that no one's going to take a look at Trump supporters and say, what's the plan in a general? I want to know what it is. I know what I'm going to say. I know what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? Complain that I'm not doing enough? Complain that I'm not being loud enough? Cheerleading enough? Bitch, please. A plan, please. And I don't know if you've got it. Because I don't know if there was serious thinking after we can't let this happen to Donald Trump and he's getting screwed. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I've only discussed it a million times. What's the plan? I haven't heard it yet. I haven't heard where these supporters are yet. I will give them one thing that is certainly in, in, in their favor. Man, they, they, they ain't going to move. And this is the part that gets the left the most crazy. You know this by now. That the people who support Trump and Trump himself, everything they throw at him, he's like, eh. it, it drives them crazy. They so don't know what to do with that. Why won't he react? Why won't he respond? Why won't he give in? Why won't he admit? Why why would anybody take a a leftist position from the media seriously? Can't be trusted. Can't be trusted. I agree with this. The problem is there's a great swath of America that does. 
And until you unveil a plan and start implementing it for how to grab those people, being dogged won't be enough. This is my worry. This is my, my, my true, genuine worry and why I was for uh, Ron DeSantis uh, to win the primary because he'd be an easier lift than a general. Here we are. Let's see what happens, shall we? Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. It was Dave Rubin uh, who had posted this, this imagery about migrants on, on a plane. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And, and it was um, this, this photo saying non-U.S. citizen document va- validation using CP- CBP-1 technology. That's the Border Patrol app. Notify the TSA officer that you are a migrant. The TF- TSA officer will take a photo. Optional. If requested, provide your alien identification number or biographic information and follow in officer instructions. And then it reads, you may decline to have your photo taken. And the point was, uh, can I get on a plane without photo ID? Can I? Can any of us uh, American citizens, you know, us low life plebes, can we get on a plane without photo ID? But someone here in the country illegally, they can. It's fine. So this is now making the rounds. And you've got Chief Clem, uh, former retired uh, uh, Customs and Border Patrol uh, section chief, who I've, I, I've had on the show before, talking about the bad optics of this. Well, bad optics is beyond uh, uh, the, the, the points here, although I would agree with him. There's a real weird thing that happens with this administration where they are very much in favor of illegal immigrants having rights and American citizens having to be afraid. This is no way to run a country. None. Zero way to run a country. Yet we see it time and again and again that this is the way that the left sees it. That somehow you and I should live in fear. As a matter of fact, if we should not be nice to a TSA agent, you'll hold us up. You won't let us fly. There'll be no fly list. Lord only knows where you're going to put the blue glove. Moon River. But if you're here illegally, we here's the welcome mat, and here's this, and here's a couple of bucks. You don't need a photo. We'll put you in a place. Why is that? Why is it that the person here illegally is treated with respect and the citizen is treated like they are in the way? And why would anybody want this? Why would anybody value this? My gosh, at this stage of the game, how does one stop it? You know, we talk about uh, the the expression uh, under Trump was drain the swamp and people talk about cleaning house. Um. You, you really have to do it because you have to change a mindset. And in doing it, things could get, you know, rough for a little while and comfortable for a little while. And the answer is, okay. Things will get rough for a little while and uncomfortable for a little while. But you can't work in a society that says the person here illegally 
has more rights than the citizen. It can't survive. You can't work like this. Now, this brings us to some more issues about the border that I'm going to get to. Specifically, this man who came across, as the story is told and the reporting uh, go, goes forth, this, uh, this guy is here illegally, Middle Eastern descent. You got to hear what he says. You got to hear what he says. You won't, you won't believe it. Meanwhile, when it comes to January 6th, uh, Mike Schellenberger is asking what's true and what isn't. And free speech in the UFC. Oh, I can't, I can't play the audio, but I can tell the story. This is Tony Katz today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The mayor of Denver is a Democrat and uh, is letting you know that the problems at the border are very, very real. Now, this crisis, this crisis isn't just confined to the southern border. It's being felt in cities across the country, including Denver, more than 900 miles away from the border. Nearly 38,000 migrants have arrived in Denver since Texas began busing them there in December of 2022. With us now is Denver Mayor Mike Johnston. Mayor, it's always great seeing you. I thank you for your time. Just wondering, what kind of an impact is the migrant humanitarian crisis having on Denver? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It is definitely both a humanitarian crisis for the migrants that are arriving, and it is creating a fiscal crisis for the city. As you mentioned, we've now had more than 36,000 migrants arrive, and these are people with incredible stories. You know, these are people that are literally the huddled masses yearning to breathe free. These are teachers and police officers and nurses and engineers who have walked 3,000 miles to get to this country, and all they want is the chance to work and support themselves and their families. So there are heartbreaking stories every day. Uh, but we also know that without federal support and without federal action, the impact on a city like Denver is this would be a $180 million impact on our budget in 2024. That's more than 10% of our entire city budget. And so uh, we believe there is a path to a solution here. There's going to be bipartisan agreement on how we can both increase access to work authorization, provide more support at the border, and get more federal resources. And we just need to make sure that that makes it through the House of Representatives, because otherwise cities like ours will be in deep crisis. Now, people forget that the work stuff matters. The work stuff matters. You are not picking lettuce. And so the idea that somehow to say, well, you just want these people here so they'll do the jobs that Americans won't do, well, there's truth in this. Should we deny that there's truth in this? You do not find people picking lettuce living in Denver. Because first, there is real, really no lettuce compared to what you see on the border uh, to be picked. And secondly, they're not heading down there for the summer gig. It is the people crossing the border who are willing to do this work and are free enough in their mobility because they don't live other places to stay and do the work. And there is an economic reason for us to ensure that we have legal immigration. Again, 
none the, the, the rational none of us are opposed to legal immigration. It is always the illegal immigration. You'll note that the political left works aggressively to try and conflate these issues. They try and never once talk about legal and illegal. They'll only talk about immigration as, as a whole. They lie. Repeatedly, they lie about these things. Now, something that the mayor of Denver is wrong about, these aren't just people who want to feed their families. That's not true. We have single, able-bodied men, men, 20-somethings and 30-somethings coming across the border, and we're allowing that to happen. We are insane. They should be turned around immediately by force, if necessary, and returned. I say you make it Mexico's problem. But you drop them off in Mexico City. Let Mexico try and stop you. The idea that these grown men should be allowed into the country, should be allowed just to de facto walk on through, that we have to somehow accept them because of the Statue of Liberty, give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. I've been saying this a lot lately. That's from the poem New Colossus uh, by Emma Lazarus. It's at the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. You know what that is not? Policy. And it's time for the left to grow up. It's not a policy. It is a desire. And I think it's a good one. But that does not involve people who want to do you harm. That does not involve the enemy. And it does not involve your destruction. You cannot bring in the tired, the poor, the huddle masses yearning to breathe free when it does you harm. The argument from the left is, what's the harm? Just write another check, you stingy jerk. We'll just take more of your money. Oh, it costs more? It's okay. We'll tell those rich people to pay, wait for it, their fair share. Totally fine. Completely rational point of view. It's not completely rational. It's madness. It's disgusting and it's despicable. Because it says the onus should be on the American citizen to suffer. As opposed to the onus being on the illegal immigrant not breaking the law. It's an irrational point of view. But there's another story that I I want to uh, get to. And this comes from um, Michael Schellenberger. You know the name Michael Schellenberger because of the work that he has been doing on the Twitter files and other things. It's Schellenberger who has shown up in in, in front of Congress and uh, has beautifully engaged their desires for censorship. And most recently, uh, he has put forth through his um, subscription page a conversation about January 6th, specifically about a a pipe bomb. Now, this goes along with a story that the January 6th committee, this is a Fox, there's a Fox News story and there's a New York Post story. The January 6th committee deleted more than 100 encrypted files days before the Republicans took the majority. The January 6th committee was a show pony. The January 6th committee, which had, of course, a Hollywood producer, a showrunner, uh, putting together how these things would happen in prime time, was not a criminal case. 
There was no defense. There was no rebuttal. There were no questions that were ever asked in in uh, some level of, wait a second, what about X, what about Y, what about Z? Those questions never got asked. And it is to this alone that people like uh, Liz Cheney and like Adam Kinzinger, the former Congress uh, people from Wyoming and Illinois, respectively, should be thought of with such derision. How awful and terrible they are. Not believers in America. It's one thing to not to want to vote for Trump. That's fine. To go along with the January 6th committee, that's despicable. That's having some kind of mental break. And then this. The former House Select Committee on January 6th deleted more than 100 encrypted files, as is reported, from its probe just days before Republicans took over the majority. The House Administration's Committee's Oversight Subcommittee is leading an investigation led by Chairman Barry Laddermilk, Republican from, from Georgia, investigating the security failures on that day as well as the actions of former select committee investigating the Capitol riot. We'd already heard about the deleting uh, or, the, or the destroying of, of, of evidence, and to the extent that that is true, we need more information. But this is... This is the purposeful elimination or attempt to eliminate evidence to keep Republicans from knowing what really happened. So narrative could be pushed and not facts. And for that, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger can go to hell. I don't know how else it's supposed to be said when you're a guy who is on terrestrial radio. And I'm not so sure I want to be the guy who says it the other way because, you know, one should have a soul. But holy hell. You deleted, you erased, everybody took a page from Hillary Clinton, they got the bleach bit, and they wiped it, you know, with a cloth. They did all the things. And we're supposed to believe that everything's on the up and up, and oh, by the way, believe in the institutions, and oh, Trump started an insurrection. Look what you've done. Look what you've done. This brings us back to Michael Schellenberger. He is the author of Apocalypse Never. He's the author of a San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco. That's it. I knew I could do it. I knew I could do it. And uh, he has a subscription service on 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 the Twitter box. He charges nine dollars a month. You can decide to get it or not. I don't work for the man, and I'm not here to tell you what to do. He has a story. The story goes, a bomb nearly killed Vice President Kamala Harris on January 6th, 2021. This according to the FBI. We had heard this, that there were bombs on January 6th. Schellenberger continues, but now the former FBI official who oversaw the investigation said it couldn't have. In fact, the bomb appears to have been a hoax created by and covered up by the FBI and the Secret Service. Now, if you ask me with whom I would side, uh, the the FBI or Michael Schellenberger, uh, the answer is Schellenberger every day of the week and twice on Sunday. It's not even a debate. 
I would believe Schellenberger's versions of events, and I would believe without question his reporting over some statement from Merrick Garland, the attorney general. Let me give you an example of Merrick Garland here. This is Merrick Garland talking about uh, the Jack Smith case against Donald Trump. What we have to do is show by the acts that we take that we're following the law, that we're following the facts. The um, um, prosecutions that you're talking about were brought last year. Um, and the uh, special prosecutor has uh, said from the beginning uh, that he thinks uh, public interest requires a speedy uh, trial, which I agree with. You agree with that? I do. And uh, the matter is now in the hands of the uh, trial judges to determine when the uh, trials will take place. The department has policies about steering clear of... Let's, let's talk about speedy trials. Jack Smith wants a speedy trial. Let us go to the Sixth Amendment to the United States Constitution, shall we? In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have assistance of counsel for his defense. You have the right to a lawyer. You have to know what you're being accused of. You have a right to defend yourself. The first part of that, of course, is the story. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. The accused. Not the prosecution. Who gives a good holy damn if Jack Smith wants a speedy trial? Who... How does that matter? It's it's insignificant. If the if the defendant wants a speedy trial, well then the defendant gets a speedy trial, but the defendant feels that there's an advantage to delay 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 delay. That's part of the defense. You may not like it, but that doesn't matter either. This is the attorney general completely bastardizing the Sixth Amendment, and flat-out lying in an interview. These are the people I'm supposed to believe? Nah, I'll believe Michael Schellenberger. Now, uh, I have made the decision to pay the nine bucks. Uh, and someone can let him know that I'm doing it right now. I'm actually on the site right now. Nine dollars, boom. I Am I paying more for that than my... Uh, than, than what I'm paying for X. Because I'm, I'm one of those verified people. Because I was like, yeah, I paid for it. So I'm subscribed. I'm paying the $9. Michael, better damn well be worth it. By the way, does paying for it get me interviews? I don't know how this works. Um, now I want to know. I'm going to dig into every part of it. It is clear. It is clear. That to trust the FBI, to trust the DOJ is a fool's errand. To trust these politicized group, these politicized people engaged in these politicized activities is indeed a fool's errand. Lies about January 6th? Well, we're starting to see that already. And yes, there was a riot that took place. And no, I don't mind that there are people in jail from that riot. 
Now, people in jail who aren't treated properly, who don't get access to lawyers, who don't get access to doctors, who are in solitary confinement, absolutely not. But people who broke the law or engaged in acts of violence, you don't have an issue with me being, them being charged. People who got welcomed into the Capitol, they did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. Screaming insurrection, there was no insurrection. Sorry. And no one's been charged with insurrection. Thus, uh, my point proven. Never mind the fact that there was no insurrection. But the January 6th committee lying, distorting evidence, erasing evidence, and the idea of the FBI, which has seemingly done this kind of thing before, planting a story, I am more apt to believe that because more of those things have been proven true. I subscribed. I'll share the story. And certainly... Most certainly, as the left uses this as their only way to try and win 2024, this, and of course, abortion, will be here laying out the facts. It's kind of what we do. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. The race will be over by tomorrow night. That's one of the comments I got in the live stream. Uh, Maybe. It could be over by tomorrow night, depending on how Trump does uh, against uh, Nikki Haley. Absolutely could be over by tomorrow night. But I think the question is, what if it's not? See, if it is, it is, right? that's, That's the easiest thing in the world to talk about. It's not even a big deal. It's nothing. What if it's not? New Hampshire primary has Trump up 17 and a half. I don't actually expect any more polling to come out tomorrow. Although it's possible polling will come out tomorrow. I don't, I don't expect it to come out uh, tomorrow. And there's two polls that were done without DeSantis in the polling. One had Trump up by 27. One had Trump up by 19. All in all, real clear politics average. Trump at 54.3. Haley at 36.8. That has Trump... 17.5 ahead. Um, what if it's not? What happens if Haley overperforms? I'm not saying she will. I'm asking what if. Uh, to that end, Nikki Haley has started to go about a um, new approach. And the approach is that Trump's not mentally well. Oh, that's an approach. And then, of course, the racism she experienced as a brown girl. Her words, not mine. I'll go through it coming up. This is Tony Katz today. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The threat at the border has a face. Now, it's it's not that we didn't know that there was a threat at the border. We didn't know that there were uh, people that we could point to and say, that's a problem. When you see uh, the level of fentanyl being pushed, yes, it's coming through legally and it's coming through illegally. Yes, when you see uh, the children and the women who are sex trafficked uh, and, and brought to the, to the border. When you see the horror from those who are left to die at the border. You know that the enemy has a has, has a face. Uh, the, the 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 violence at the border has a face. But this is this is different. 
This was a border crossing that took place the other day. And uh, the video has become, at at this point, the, the, the stuff of legend. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. The phone number, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. Um, you can find everything at TonyKatz.com, and uh, I only would hope that you would become part of, of what we're doing over there and become a, a, a subscriber. I'd greatly, greatly appreciate the support. This is... A, an, an illegal uh, immigrant. And they are videotaped at the border. The same border where Joe Biden has admitted that it's not secure. Because it's not secure. And at the border, there's a... Um, Reporter, I guess you could you could say, and he's taking video of people, and this reporter comes across this guy, tall guy, uh, jeans, t-shirt, jean jacket, and this guy like is is brash and brazen. He's not a guy who looks afraid or concerned or the newness. His right hand's in his pocket. This guy could not be more casual, like he is on a street corner waiting for friends before he goes in the local bar. And with this casualness in responding to a reporter, um, he starts saying, you don't know, you don't know who I am? And then it gets to this. If you are smart enough, you would know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. If you are smart, you would know who I am. But you're not smart, so you don't know who I am. But you'll know who I am soon? I mean, do we need to hear this uh, again? If you are smart enough, you would know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Very easy is is what he said. May I give you the face of uh, illegal immigration in the United States? Thus, to the mayor of Denver, Colorado, to members of the squad who want to tell me its family's looking for a better life, stop talking. It's a threat to children across America. And I don't know why Representative Ocasio-Cortez or Representative Ayanna Presley or Representative Jamal Bowman don't care about children. Then again, these are the same people who will say nothing about Hamas but only want to attack Israel even though we now have photographic evidence of the tunnels in Gaza where children were kept where? Israeli children, the hostages, were kept in cages. You see, if it's a cage at the border, bad. Unless it's a cage that's run by Biden, in which case, silent. But if there's a cage in Gaza run by Hamas where they keep Israeli children, the squad thinks it's perfect. And Israel's at fault for forcing them to make that cage. Did I miss any part of it? No? Good. That's what I thought. You will find out who I am very soon. 
That is a threat. And that guy should be thrown out of the country physically. And if Joe Biden were serious about border security, he'd throw him out physically. And these NGOs, these non-governmental organizations, or others who say, no, 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 he's claiming asylum, he has rights, go to hell, throw him out, let them sue you, let them sue! Who are they to be in charge of anything? This video should be played for every suburban soccer mom. Should be paid, I want to play it especially for the liberal white women. Because honestly, at this stage of the game, there is nothing more problematic than a liberal white woman. Oh, Oh, oh my goodness gracious. Liberal white women are going to be the death of us. They're so easily guilted. They're so easily easily manipulated. They're so rabidly confused. You have a guy walking in, a full-grown male, saying, you will find out who I am very soon. And you think, ah, it's just how they speak in his country. You're, you're, you're so afraid of being called a racist. You're so afraid of being called a, 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 a bigot. You are so absolutely fearful of someone calling you a name that you've lost all connection and concept of reality. That is a threat. And it's a threat against your kids, liberal white women. So, and just a theory, do with it what you will. Grow up and deal with the situation. And don't vote for people who say that that guy somehow has more rights than your 15-year-old daughter or your 22-year-old son or your 9-year-old kid. Don't vote for those people. But you'll keep voting for those people because you're going to feel guilty because they're going to guilt you. And as a liberal white woman, you're going to buy into that crap. Now, admittedly, I have not yet gotten an an email about this yet, right? No one one has emailed me to say, Tony, I can't believe you said that. I'm a liberal white woman. How dare you? Uh, Like like I'm sexist. or uh, Just remember, you can always email me, Tony at TonyCats.com. T-O-N-Y, K-A-T-Z, Tony at TonyCats.com. Uh, but I want to make sure that 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 I'm clear uh, 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 about this. Liberal white women are guilty. They are. Liberal white women are guilty of allowing themselves to be manipulated by people who want to do them harm, and they're willing to let their children get hurt and their and their families get hurt. Under the guise of doing something nice, sweet, kind, and decent. There is nothing nice, sweet, kind, and decent about letting somebody into the country who says, you're going to know my name soon. This isn't a 12-year-old on the, on, at the foot of their bed staring at posters of musicians saying, I'm going to be a star one day. You'll know my name soon. That's not what this is. Anybody who says otherwise is out of their head. This is a threat. I am the same guy who says that we need to ensure legal immigration allows for our economic uh, uh, growth by ensuring the labor issues that we have are satisfied. And of course we should be letting people in to work in the United States. Without question. Remember, the border is not a one-size-fits-all. It's like the people who scream, well, you build a wall and everything's taken care of. That's, that's not how this works. There, that is absolutely not how this works.
building of the 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 wall is only a part of a a multiplicity of of of, of things to do including border technology, including more people, including better policy for who we let into the country and who we do not, for how we treat Mexico, for not treating us like an ally and a friend. There's a multiplicity of things at play. And one of those things is throwing a guy like this out of the country. If you are smart enough, you would know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Huh. By the way, he sounds like a guy totally grateful to be in the United States. Governor Greg Abbott of Texas was asked on Fox Business by Maria Bartiromo about this video. So I'm so happy that a video uh, surfaced uh, because uh, there's an argument that we've made at the United States Supreme Court because we have uh, one or two cases in the Supreme Court as we speak right now against the Biden administration about illegal immigration. Uh, And as the court weighs and considers our defense against the Biden lawsuit, uh, they have to consider whether or not uh, there is an invasion going on. I have asserted in court that there is an invasion going on in the United States of America and that videotape typifies why there is such an evasion. Now, um, I, I, I think he said that last part wrong. It doesn't typify why there is an invasion. It proves my argument about an, an, an invasion. The invasion conversation really does get people nutty, right? And and where does it, it, where does it come from? Uh, uh, allow me and feel free to do uh, the, the search for yourself. Article 4, Section 4 of the United States Constitution. You should read the Constitution. It's fantastic. Page Turner, kids. Page Turner. Article 4. This is from uh, the Cornell Law School, law.cornell.edu. I'm amazed they still believe in, in, in law at Cornell. I mean, sure, we've got William Jacobson who teaches there, but man, that campus is messed up. Here is Article 4, Section 4. Now, the article discusses full faith and credit being given uh, to each state to public acts, records, and judicial proceedings of other states. Uh, The citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. Uh, And it talks about how new states are admitted uh, to the the union. Um, And here's section four. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive where the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. It is that that leads one to, well, what is it that we're seeing? What is it that we are, we are witnessing here at, at, at the southern border? Right? The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them uh, against invasion. Um, is Texas not right that they are being invaded? Well, this is what New York says now. This is what New York says, what Chicago says. They're the ones having to deal with, with this, that all of these illegal immigrants that, that um, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas has brought to them, well, this is, this is an onslaught. We can't keep up. We can't keep up financially. They've said everything but invasion.
Their belief is Texas should just take it and shut their mouths, and then they can just scream how they're a sanctuary city and how much they care. Turns out they don't care as much. Turns out they don't care that much. Governor Abbott's point about invasion is one that, is, in my view, is valid. The fact that it is not a standing army in some kind of uniform with an insignia is inconsequential. But don't tell me that this video doesn't matter when we know that Hamas, via Iran, who we are at war with, we are at war with, the only people who don't know it are the Biden administration, um, are trying to sneak people into the southern border. We know that China, I was at the border, grown men, Chinese nationals, two feet away from me, with my own eyes saw it. We're letting grown men into the country? We're insane. We're letting Chinese nationals into the country? You have no idea who is connected uh, to the Communist Chinese Party? This is a maddening proposition. Our job is not to plan for our own demise. This is madness. This is a sickness. This is twisted. So when the the governor describes it as uh, invasion, the governor is accurate. The governor is absolutely accurate when he does such a thing. So now is what do we do? Now the question is, what do we do? Well, um, certainly one can argue the vote. But one should be very supportive of Governor Abbott and sending these people everywhere because he has made the southern border the violence against American citizens, the lawlessness, he has made it the top story in America. And we need to solve it before it does more damage to us. I've got more on this to get to. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. The RICO case is disgusting against Trump. It's no other way to put it. And Fannie Willis, the Fulton County DA, she is she is one questionable person. I mean, uh, the 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 conversations about impropriety, hiring her lava. I, t- I just love saying that. Uh, to be the prosecutor, paying him more than she was willing to pay other people. Meanwhile, bank records in his divorce show that the prosecutor, her lover, Nathan Wade, purchased airline tickets in his name and in Fannie Willis's name to go to San Francisco and Miami. That filing was made by Jocelyn Wade, his soon-to-be ex-wife, in her divorce case. Credit card statements in the filing bolster the allegation of a romantic relationship between Wade and Willis. She hired the guy. She was, I believe, I believe now, now, uh, producer Jason, you'll tell me whether or not we could say this on, 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 on radio right there. Um, I believe uh, uh, she was at this time uh, stooping her lover. 
That, that is good. That's okay. I'm okay with shtup. Uh, Yiddish will never let you down, people. It's the language of the future, I tell yous. Uh, that, that's what was happening. I'm pretty sure there are rules about hiring somebody you have sex with, and those rules were established by the hashtag MeToo movement. Oh, nobody's making this connection yet, are they? Well, allow me to be the first, Boo Bear. I was told by the Me Too movement that one was not allowed to have dominion over, power over, control over an underling and also have a some type of um, intimate relationship with them. Uh, am, am I saying it right? Uh, intimate relationship. Would that be, would that be uh, acceptable to say? I don't I don't think you have to laugh about it, Vice President Harris. I'm just just trying to use the right terminology. Um, you can't uh, decide somebody's future and then say, "Hey, how would you like to um <clears throat> you can't do that. You can't. I was told by the Me Too movement that that was very, very wrong. Shame on you. And that's exactly what Fannie Willis has done here. And if you listen to the mainstream press, Except there is. Now, okay, that's enough. I've had enough from you, Officer Barbrady. Uh, there is something to see here. The question uh, uh, of this is, of course, part one: What does this mean uh, for for her in being able to prosecute this case? But I think that the story, of course, has to dig into the fact as to why Nathan Wade, the uh, that's right, lava. Of Fannie Willis, why was he in the White House twice before charges came forward? There are two things going on here at the same time. Uh, definitely this conversation about how involved was the White House in charges against the former president of the United States. It's absolutely all election interference. You will not get me to say no. I'm down with that in terms of understanding what it is. But how come nobody is discussing this Me Too movement concept? Why is this not coming up? I think this is a tremendous part of the story. I think this is a massive part of the story. I don't think we should let it go. And I want to know why women are okay with this kind of abuse of men. This is Tony Katz today. Nikki Haley plan to dethrone Donald Trump. A bit late for that. Yes. You might be very well a bit late for that. Indeed. A bit late for that. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Uh, um, look, I'm not asking anybody to be a fan of Trump or Nikki Haley. I am not asking for that at all or in any way. You are what you are. 
And in, in this world, in my world, I'm not asking for a fealty to a candidate. As a matter of fact, I find fealty to a candidate to be weird. To a, to a philosophy, to a constitution, uh, uh, you know, that, that's different. I'm a policy guy. I like policy. And I want policies that allow me to live my life the way I see fit and leaves government out of my life. Anytime I'm left alone, I'm better off. I would state without question that if Trump's the nominee, I'm voting for Trump. There's just no question about the thing. Yeah, I was a DeSantis guy. Yeah, you know, you don't always get what you want. DeSantis is is out of the race, as we discussed earlier. Uh, it was a very, very nice speech. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. He then went on to endorse uh, President Trump, and President Trump was nothing but chock full of love for Ron DeSantis. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a, a really good campaign, I will tell you. He ran a great camp. It, it doesn't matter. Got the endorsement. Whatever. I'm going to talk more about this. The person to talk about now is Nikki Haley, who responded with a a pretty... Well, it struck me as a strange statement. Now, we just heard that Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the race. Having said that, it's now one fella and one lady left. One fella? Did she just say fella? We still we still using the term fella? There's a there is a sexism conversation that she's going to bring forward. As I said, if Trump is the nominee against Biden, assuming uh, we're using the uh, the belief system right now uh, that it would be Biden, which is, of course, you know, hysterical. <laughs> yes, we understand. Vice President Harris. Very funny. Um, Haley is doing some other things. Haley is trying to engage a conversation about Trump's fitness and also trying to appeal to a subject that not only can't get her anywhere in a primary, it can't get her anywhere in a general. It's a mistake. And while the first mistake, I can understand why she goes in this direction, but she can't win the battle, the second mistake may very well be unforgivable. The first is that Nikki Haley 
is questioning whether Donald Trump is mentally fit. I'm not saying anything derogatory, but when you're dealing with the pressures of a presidency, we can't have someone else that we question whether they're mentally fit to do this. Now, if you tell me, well, that was just one and done, I will tell you, oh, no, no, it wasn't. If you look recently, there have been multiple things. I mean, he claimed that Joe Biden was going to get us into World War II. I'm assuming he meant World War III. He said that he ran against President Obama. He never ran against President Obama. He says that I'm the one that kept security from from the Capitol on January 6th. I was nowhere near the Capitol on January 6th. But, Margaret, you don't be surprised if you have someone that's 80 in office. Their mental stability is going to continue to decline. That's just human nature. We know that. What I'm saying is, first of all, you're talking about somebody who's only going to be in office four years. Secondly, you're talking about someone who continues to, I mean, look, I don't know if he was confused. I don't know what happened. But it should be enough to send us a warning sign that if you look Joe Biden, he's very different than he was two years ago. Are we really going to go into a situation where we have wars around the world and we're trying to prevent war and we're going to have someone who we can or can't be sure that they're going to get confused? It's a That is, in any other situation, a good tactic. The, her problem is, is that the Biden administration came out And made fun of Trump for this gaffe where he confused Nikki Haley with Nancy Pelosi. So much so that they created a video montage of screw-ups of Donald Trump. Now, I've argued on the show that this is an issue, that this is this is a a a thing. It's it's serious, it's real. Uh, uh, you you better damn well believe that I am an ageist. Absolutely, age has an effect on how I vote. Age has an effect on whether or not I let you drive a car. Age has an effect on a number of things. I've been watching my own parents for a while now. I am telling you, age does matter. And people who are like, how dare you? Uh, whatever. Call me an ageist. I'm going to sleep fine. It, it It's factual. I didn't say that these people were indecent. I didn't say make them soiling green. I said there's a conversation about whether or not people of a certain age could be president of the United States. Rational conversation by rational people. That's what I'm into. But the idea that the Biden administration came out with this, and they put out a whole video montage about this, I think I thought I had it. I thought I had it. I'll see if I, I'll see if I can find it and, and, and play it. I don't know if we have the time uh, to play it, but I'll, I'll try. Um, this takes away from the, the conversation Nikki Haley's having. Because what it does, a de facto, is say that Nikki Haley is taking on a Biden talking point, just proving even more that she is under the thumb of the Democrats. The the fact that there is a legitimate conversation to be had about uh, mental acuity age and both candidates is taken away here it is i was i was able to get it up this was msnbc talking about it uh morning joe which used to be the intellectual morning show and now it's just pathetic but they happen to show the video here 
Okay, and as Lemire pointed out, uh, President Biden's campaign drew attention to Trump's mistake, writing on X Twitter, I don't agree with Nikki Haley on everything, but we agree on this much. She is not Nancy Pelosi. And posting this video montage. Last night, Trump is at a rally. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. And he's going on and on mentioning me multiple times as to why I didn't handle January 6th better. Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people. They don't want to talk about that. I wasn't in office then. They're saying he got confused. You have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have, you have ID to buy a loaf of bread. What? What is? I'm driving over a road where it's almost all paper. And, you know, you can see paper. I know paper. I know cans. But all the time now we see whales washing up on shore because of the wind. Uh... Our veterans don't have cell phones, do they? He got confused. He got confused and said he was running against Obama. He never ran against Obama. And we did with Obama. We won. So it, 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 the video itself would be like, wow, that's a lot of things. But the Biden campaign can't put this out and get us to buy into it? What are you, insane? The Biden team is going to tell us that Trump is not mentally fit? You you can't sell this to anybody. This was Tammy Duckworth, uh, the senator, who is uh, one of uh, Biden's uh, co-chairs, campaign co-chairs. Listen. Well, I think that it's about freedom right it's about protecting democracy but protecting freedoms and one of our freedoms is the right to control our bodies and control our reproductive cycles also talking about the right to the freedom from student loans the freedom to walk down the streets and and not have to worry about being the freedom from student loans is equivalent to the freedom of bodily autonomy meaning the right to kill babies these people are out of their heads it's ridiculous and thus, uh, Nikki Haley loses the, the, this high ground argument that she wants to have about Trump and his mental acuity. There's simply no place for her to go with this. The Biden administration whoop, took it away from her, probably because they would like to face uh, Donald Trump. I'm assuming that's where they would rather be, at least based on the polling. But then Nikki Haley did something I don't think anybody saw coming. In an interview, she told a story about being teased as a kid for being the brown girl. Now, Nikki Haley is 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 Indian. Nikki is a nickname, but she's had it since birth. And the people who are like, oh, you don't use your real name? Those people are pathetic. She uses a nickname. My real name is Anthony. I've gone by Tony every day of my life. It's because I'm ashamed of my Italian heritage. I'm Jewish. I'm not Italian. Now you're going to tell me I'm ashamed of my Jewish heritage for not going by my Hebrew name. It's a ridiculous thing to say. But this Nikki Haley, this is what you're going with? We were the only Indian family in our small southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. So anyone that wants to question it can go back and look at what I've said on how hard it was to grow up in the deep south as a brown girl. Anybody can look at my record and see when Walter Scott was shot down by a dirty cop, how I made sure that the Walter Scott family 
didn't suffer because we put the first body camera bill in the country in place. Anybody can look at the fact that when we had nine amazing souls die in Mother Emanuel Church, I did something that no Republican or Democrat ever wanted to touch, which was call for the Confederate flag to come down because it would... We are not going to get into actions uh, taken as as governor of South Carolina, and I have no opposition uh, to her saying that these are my bona fides. You were teased as a brown girl. That, I'm sorry, that doesn't connect. As a matter of fact, that is seen as a, um, that's seen as a Hail Mary a desperation, um, that is almost, that, that is a surrealism. Now, I, I, I'm not going to doubt that there could have been a kid who said a thing uh, about Nikki Haley and her parents, etc. Things happen. Every day. Every day. And now I'm supposed to look upon this as something that shows what a deep understanding you have? Every day of my being a kid, and it wasn't even every day, but it was a fair amount of days, I was teased for being the fat kid. You know what I learned? I could do something about being the fat kid. Now, I learned it late, but I did learn it. And I certainly learned that not everybody was interested in my weight. Some people were actually interested in, in something I had to say, and I had friends and everything else, and it was totally fine. What, do, what is that supposed to prove? What is it supposed to mean? Is it supposed to be some homage to, oh, my gosh, what a bigoted country? Um, when I was 17, I had taken a trip to Israel with a, with a, with a youth group. I spent six weeks in Israel. Incredible. Uh, and sadly, have not gotten back. Uh, there were there was economics issue, timing issue. I was supposed to be back right when COVID hit. Um, I, I I would like to be going, you know, more often as I'd like to do a lot of travel more often. I got back from this trip to Israel to learn, uh, as my parents told me the story, and I only saw the, the the remnants that somebody had on our front lawn in Middletown, New Jersey. Chemically, it seemed to be um, burned two swastikas into our lawn, one on each side of the uh, of, of the lawn. And my parents called the police and this and that. Um, and uh, uh, some local news media came out, but they would only do the story if my parents would go on air. My parents were like, yeah, we're not doing that. That <laughs> just wasn't it wasn't their their style. That happened. And never once did my parents say to me, you know, Tony. America's a really anti-Semitic country. Never happened. Never came up like that. That there were people out there who hated Jews, sure. That there were morons, schmucks, losers, idiots, absolutely. That the country was bigoted and terrible? No. Was that every day? Of course not. I've got like three stories, four stories from my growing up. Maybe more than some, but not as much as others. But certainly not every single day. This is the argument that Nikki Haley wants to go with? Hey, I'm just like you because I've also been a victim? That, at, it reeks of desperation. I think it's a remarkable, remarkable mess. And, and foolhardy. 
And I don't think that's going to lead to some great victory in New Hampshire, where she's down by 17 and a half. The only question is, can she overperform? Can she beat expectations? I'll get to that story. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. to the New York Post. Okay. Um, this is not the story that anybody wants. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The story goes that a flight bound for New York was canceled when a passenger noticed missing bolts on the wing of the plane. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's happening, but flying is now scarier than ever. Than ever. Keep it here. Live. From the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. Now, I'm one of those guys who said DeSantis was the clear choice and an easier lift in the general election. All right, I'm not going to get my way. <laughs> That's This seems rather obvious. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. You can also become a subscriber. would greatly appreciate the support, TonyCats.com, the videos, uh, the other, the, the show sheet, the daily rundown that nobody else can get unless you're a subscriber. It's all there at TonyCats.com. Would appreciate the support. Um, it's not what I wanted. And I think I've made that very, very clear. And clearly, this clears the way for Donald Trump as if somehow the way needed to be cleared, right? That would be an odd way to say it. But DeSantis gave the endorsement. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. Yes, my endorsement, because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear. DeSantis should never have signed the pledge. Hold on, hold on. All these pledges are nutty. They're all crazy. You should just do the thing. A pledge shouldn't even be necessary. Do you pledge not to raise taxes? Yeah, I'm not raising a tax. Sign this. No, that's about your organization. It's not about people. I tell you I'm not going to do something. If I do it, vote me out. Pledges are meaningless. 
it, it, it is. I pledge to term limits until I don't, and then you can vote me out. It, I, I'm just, I'm always a believer that the voter is the answer. It's why I don't believe in term limits. The voter is the answer. For some crazy reason, you still want to vote for, for Nancy Pelosi? You want this octogenarian uh, uh, in, in office? You're just weird. But I don't know if I should, through some level of government control, stop you. But endorsing Trump, because he can't endorse Haley, that would have been a stronger thing to say. A repackaged form of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who have stood by us through it all. That we had people volunteer to come to Iowa in the middle of a blizzard to knock on doors and make phone calls touched us dearly. No candidate had more thrown at him, but no candidate had so many committed volunteers and staff. Some have uh, looked at this uh, speech from from Ron DeSantis, this concession, not concession, this suspension of the campaign, and say he, this is the most relaxed he's been. Where was this guy uh, on the campaign trail? I, I think there's always some level of, of, of that, and I think that the question is fine. I think it's a... It's a legitimate question that can, and, and in very many ways, should be should be asked. But now let's take a look at this primary. Let's take a look at Trump and, and, and Nikki Haley. And, of course, the question, does Nikki Haley really and truly have a chance? And the answer is no. Now, look, I'm going to give myself a caveat. Everything is possible absolutely everything is possible and i won't say no to that could nikki haley get herself a first place finish and defy all expectations in new hampshire no no it's not gonna happen but maybe she can get enough in new hampshire to make people think she's a serious uh counterbalance to trump and get more endorsement dollars that get her a solid second place or maybe a win in south carolina after all it's her state And that would bring you to Super Tuesday. So maybe the question is, does she last till Super Tuesday? And the answer is, I would say that the odds right now are 50% on that. You take a look at the New Hampshire polling. Uh, The Globe Suffolk poll just came out. Trump 57, Haley 38. That has Trump up by 19. The Insider Advantage poll, which came out yesterday, uh, had um, or was was done yesterday, I should say, has Trump 62, Haley 35. So in the Insider Advantage, he's up 27. In the Boston Globe Suffolk, he's up 19. Now, the 19 is much more in line where the last six polls have been. They've all been in the teens, except for that CNN poll, which had uh, Trump up 11. The real clear politics average has Trump up 17 and a half. Now, if that stays, if that remains, then Nikki Haley has to accept the fact that that's where it is. Because I don't even believe that in South Carolina, it's going to change because the numbers in South Carolina have Trump up by 30. The caveat to my statement is there is no polling as of yet, nothing that shows unreal clear politics. 
past January 3rd. And you can argue some things have changed between January 3rd and now. With Iowa having taken place, with Christie out of the race, with Vivek Ramaswamy out of the race, and now with Ron DeSantis out of the race. Oh, Asa Hutchinson got out of the race too. And as you know, that is an absolutely huge deal. Huge. Massive. No? A lot of people voted for Asa Hutchinson. Name me one. Well, that would be the only name to give because only one person voted for Asa Hutchinson. So the the numbers, this plus 30 in South Carolina, one could argue isn't accurate. But it's the number I have to go on right now. And certainly uh, the, the number would, would, would suggest that Haley is too far of a long shot to be able to get to a place to make it competitive for her for Super Tuesday, which means having the money to get to Super Tuesday. Remember what we're talking about here. If we take a look at New Hampshire, and she is down by 17 and a half, 17 and a half points. That's not close. That's not close. 17 and a half points would be closer than, let's say, um... DeSantis was to Trump in Iowa, but 17 and a half points is still not, not, not an overcomable margin. Eight points, well, you could convince some people. So what level of overperform does Haley need to have in New Hampshire? Massive. Massive, because if we say it's 17 and a half points in New Hampshire, we could argue that with all this new data, maybe some new polling in South Carolina would show us 17 and a half points. And let's let's give her a little bit of a nod for being from South Carolina. Let's call it 14 points. I, I'm making up the number. Just go with me on the theory here just for a moment. If she loses New Hampshire by 17 and a half, and let's say we call it a 14-point spread in South Carolina, and she loses by 14 points, the polling is accurate. And why wouldn't that polling be accurate throughout the Super Tuesday states? Who's giving money to that? No, only a level of massive outperforming gives her an opportunity, gives her a shot. She believes very obviously that her shot comes from saying Donald Trump isn't fit. I'm not saying anything derogatory, but when you're dealing with the pressures of a presidency... We can't have someone else that we question whether they're mentally fit to do this. She's questioning whether he's mentally fit. And this, of course, comes from him confusing Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi. I mean, she, she's on the record saying, look, it's not my fault. The guy has got his own set of issues. If you look... Recently, there have been multiple things. I mean, he claimed that Joe Biden was going to get us into World War II. I'm assuming he meant World War III. He said that he ran against President Obama. He never ran against President Obama. He says that I'm the one that kept security from from the Capitol on January 6th. I was nowhere near the Capitol on January 6th. But, Margaret, you don't be surprised if you have someone that's 80 in office. Their mental 
stability is going to continue to decline. That's just human nature. We know that. What I'm saying is, first of all, you're talking about somebody who's only going to be in office four years. Secondly, you're talking about someone who continues to, I mean, look, I don't know if he was confused. I don't know what happened, but it should be enough to send us a warning sign that if you look Joe Biden, he's very different than he was two years ago. Are we really going to go into a situation where we have wars around the world and we're trying to prevent war and we're going to have someone who we can or can't be sure that they're going to get confused. It's a real issue. That's not being disrespectful. It's just a fact. I'm, I mean, that, that is a, a very strong punch. I just don't know if it lands. I don't know if, it, certainly Trump supporters aren't going to buy into that. That is, uh, that is a conversation in a general, but now you're trying to convince New Hampshire and South Carolina voters that this guy isn't up to the game the problem is this okay and as lamir pointed out uh president biden's campaign drew attention to trump's mistake writing on x twitter i don't agree with nikki haley on everything but we agree on this much she is not nancy pelosi so the biden administration is now going to try and make fun of donald trump and question his mental fitness. And posting this video montage. Last night, Trump is at a rally. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. And he's going on and on mentioning me multiple times as to why I didn't handle January 6th better. Nikki Haley is in charge of security. We offered her 10,000 people. They don't want to talk about that. I wasn't in office then. They're saying he got confused. You have voter ID to buy a loaf of bread. You have, you have ID to buy a loaf of bread. What? What is? I'm driving over a road where it's almost all paper. And, you know, you can see paper. I know paper. I know cans. But all the time now we see whales washing up on shore because of the wind. Uh, our veterans don't have cell phones, do they? This is the Biden administration attacking Trump for whether or not he's cogent. This is why the, I think the attack from Haley, while in, in many other situations could be pertinent, falls flat. Because the argument of, oh, she's in concert with the Democrats, now really can be shown, even though that's not the case, it can be shown. Uh, being supported by Reed Hoffman, that's uh, a serious problem, too. That's the guy you found in LinkedIn, a massive Democrat donor supporting b- supporting Nikki Haley. That's, whoo, bad stuff, kitten, bad stuff. Someone's going to say I'm sexist because I just said kitten, but I say kitten to everybody, so we're fine. So I don't imagine that this about Trump works. I think this is the argument that America should have had that maybe not either one of these guys And then I'm back to, we could have had Ron DeSantis. I didn't get what I wanted. Nikki Haley has a massive, massive mountain to overcome. Massive mountain to overcome. But I don't think she gets there by questioning Trump's fitness, mental fitness. I don't don't think it's going to work. 17 and a half, watch for that. Does she outperform 17 and a half? I'll perform it by two, won't matter. I'll perform it by 10, matters greatly. That's what you're watching for when it comes to the primary Tuesday night. Does she outperform? 
I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Two Navy SEALs are presumed dead and nobody is talking about the story because nobody wants to admit that we're at war with Iran because Iran is at war with us. We've been talking about it, not going to stop talking about it because this administration is incompetent does not mean we stop having important conversations. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. There's been a search going on for 10 days for two Navy SEALs lost in the Arabian Sea. That's right, 10 days, and no, you haven't heard thing one about this. How did this happen? This happened uh, because there was a mission to board a ship to confiscate Iranian-made weapons. Iran arming the Houthi rebels. Iran arming Hamas. The Arabian Sea, by the way, is in between Oman and India south of Pakistan and Iran. So if you take a look at a map and you take a look at the area, uh, the Persian Gulf, okay, between Iran and and Saudi Arabia, then you've got this little hump. It's called the Straits of Hormuz. Uh, massive shipping, especially for oil, and that's where a lot of uh, attacks do take place. That dumps into the Gulf of Oman. That is into the Arabian Sea, which then leads you into the Indian Ocean, just as we name these these things. So it was in this area that these the, these ships were, these boats were, that you had the moves from the U.S. Navy and two SEALs missing. A 10-day search in the rescue has now been changed to a recovery effort. As was reported uh, just yesterday in, in the evening, the names of the SEALs have not been released as family notifications continue. You've got aircraft and ships from the U.S., from Japan, and Spain that are searching 21,000 square miles. This, this is the, the oceans, people. This is the dangerous stuff. I can't say again how important the Navy is, how we need more ships, but this is about the risk that is involved with stopping uh, the Iranian regime from arming the Houthis, from arming Hamas and Hezbollah, who are all about our destruction. This is not, to say it's a proxy war isn't actually giving it enough credence. Iran is at war with us What is our plan? And how is it possible that two Navy SEALs are presumed killed and you literally can't find a story about it? I know more about Taylor Swift at a stupid football game. I'm not even mad at her. I'm just tired of the Kansas City Chiefs winning all the time. You know more about her than you do about SEALs? That's messed up. We're a screwed up society. Borked, I believe, could be a word used. We've got a problem. We have a problem. And it, 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 you, you think the biggest issue in America 
is that people aren't using the proper pronouns. Who gives a good holy damn about your pronouns? Shut your mouth. No one cares that you're offended. We have Navy SEALs dying and we have Iran on the attack. Can I help you? If that's not more important to you, your mental disorder goes far greater than the pronoun conversation. And since we are people who use DSM-5, we can clearly call gender dysphoria a mental disorder. I have said nothing wrong and I won't apologize. I want someone else to apologize for not caring about the lives of Navy SEALs. And recognizing the danger that we are in, that society is in, that the world is in. The bad guy believes they can move and maneuver with just regularity, with invincibility. We're going to have to put a stop to that. We're going to have to put a stop to it. And this, this, this nation, this leadership, it ain't ready. They still want to negotiate. I don't know how many more Navy SEALs have to die until they stop. Maybe it's 13, uh, like those service members in Afghanistan because of the terrible withdrawal. I don't know. But I'm not interested in seeing another. This is Tony Katz today. It's $850 million worth of investment in the state of Indiana. And it went to Fort Wayne. And it turns out it's from Google. This was a mystery. The mystery is no longer. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. This is the kind of investment that you want, right? This is the kind of growth that you want. But I think the key to this story is that it didn't happen in Indianapolis. As we keep discussing here, you you want the growth and you understand that the capital city would be the center of growth. But what you really want is to see the opportunities in Fort Wayne, in Muncie, in Bloomington, in Gary, in Evansville, in Jeffersonville. You want to see it spread out, forcing Indianapolis to fight for the business, thus making Indiana a better place, a more attractive place to do business. I already said my name right. Gary Dick joined us inside indianabusiness.com on Twitter at IIB, personally at Gary Dick, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick on the Twitter box. Talk to me about this deal, the $850 million from Google, Southeast Fort Wayne. How did this take place? What's happened? And now where is it going? Well, the big news, as you say, Tony, came out last week. You know, this actually started uh, several months ago, mid to late uh, last year, when uh, Fort Wayne officials uh, went before uh, various commissions in uh, in Allen County to uh, request uh, some incentive money and, and various things for a what they termed a, a major project from a Fortune 100 company. They kept the name uh, under wraps until last week. It's not a Fortune 100, it's a Fortune 10 company uh, in Google. So a huge name uh, for a data center in uh, in Fort Wayne. As you mentioned, initially $840 some million investment. Uh, but over time, uh, you know, I'm being told it, it would likely uh, be in the three to four billion dollar mark in terms of investment over over the next decade to build a campus, essentially uh, in Fort Wayne, a data cent- uh, center campus there. This this data center, uh, it, it does it. Do they describe what particular use it is 
for Google? Is this just storage uh, in terms of like what they do with YouTube and all the videos they hold, all the search they do? Or is there a specific reason for this facility? Yeah, I think it's just it's just the mass amount of data that uh, that we all all use storage, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, things related to uh, data. You know, if you think about how connected we are now, everything from our you know our mobile devices to our coffee pots to to uh, ring doorbells. You know, everything uh, is data driven, and that is driving this growth in data centers. And there are people who told me, Tony, as I called around a bit last week around the state of Indiana, that they really think that this propels Indiana into the data center sweepstakes, uh, if you will. When you have a company of the stature of Google making an investment in the state, as Indiana and other states go after these uh, these data centers, and there are a lot more, a lot of growth. I think it's just something like a $300 billion industry now. Virginia, by far, uh, far and away, is the tops in terms of the data center capital, if you will, 300 and some data centers in uh, in northern Virginia. But Indiana has made it known they do they do want to compete, and it really goes back to me. There was a there was some legislation I think it was 2019 that was passed here that made Indiana more competitive when it comes more aggressive, I guess you should say, uh, when it comes to going after some of these data centers. And, and folks believe that that legislation that 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 made it uh, easier for Indiana to go after some of these companies uh, helped lead to the announcement from Google. Talking to Gary Dick from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter, at IIB. Uh, I, I look at this and I say this is more of the kind of thing we should be looking for as opposed to, let's say, when we made our bid for uh, Amazon HQ2, that massive, massive amount of business that allegedly was going to come. And you saw some states give up the, the, the farm, as you have uh, reported it, uh, along with uh, uh, you know your, your partners there at the Indianapolis Business Journal. The giveaway is a 10-year, 50% real property tax abatement on each building that would be constructed on the campus. This was unanimously approved by uh, the Common Council in Fort Wayne. Is this considered a gimme a, or a giveaway and, and the thing that maybe Hoosiers aren't good with? Well, you, you, know, you have to take it deal by deal, uh, Tony. I think when you look at these incentive packages uh, uh, and everybody gives them, you as a state, you have to make, I think, a decision. You're either going to compete for investment or you're not. And how much you give away, so, so, so to speak, uh, is the question. Incentives are not always or rarely, actually, the most important things that companies look like uh, look at. They're looking at, at, at business climate, regulations, tax climate, all those cost of living, uh, quality of life, all those types of things ahead of, of, of incentives. But incentives are an important part of it, and it always doesn't mean the highest uh, incentive package wins. If you look at the deal for the Stellantis um, Samsung SDI deal, those two big uh, electric vehicle battery plants in Kokomo that are coming there. Uh, I believe the number was uh, uh, something like four or five times. Michigan offered four or five times the incentive package that Indiana offered for that one, and Indiana won that massive investment there. So uh, I think you have to take them, you, you know, deal by deal, and uh, understand that it's part of the process. And uh, it's kind of a tricky. It can be a tricky, a tricky game to figure out how much to offer based on what you think you're going to get in return. And if you look at a name like Google, you look at what they're going to invest and likely uh, support jobs, support companies and others that would come along with it. Uh, I, I think the state felt as though it was worth the, uh, the package. 
The other part of this, Gary, that I, I personally like um, is that this isn't Indianapolis. This yep. is Fort Wayne. And this it goes along with a story that, that I certainly have been discussing over the last few years, and I believe that you're a believer in as well. When the state does better, the state does better. And when you have competition amongst these cities, when Indianapolis is forced to deal with the fact that Fort Wayne is there, and Bloomington is there. And, you know, what's the possibility for Muncie? And can Gary finally start building itself up? Evansville, it's better for the state when some of these other cities outside of Indianapolis get the opportunity and forces Indianapolis and central Indiana to actually fight. True or false? Yeah, yeah you know, I, and it's an excellent point. And I couldn't agree more, uh, really. And, you know, for years you heard economists say, Indianapolis, central Indiana can't continue to carry the whole load for the state of Indiana from an economic standpoint, from an economy standpoint. And you're beginning to see investment in other parts of the state. Some would argue not enough, but uh, you're certainly beginning to see it. The Fort Wayne example is a good when you look at New Carlisle and uh, the South Bend area getting a big big electric vehicle uh, investment there. Kokomo, Terre Haute has had a big announcement that was uh, a couple of months ago uh, that would be uh, well over a billion dollars. So we're beginning to see that. And you mentioned Northwest Indiana and what we're beginning to see in Gary, where for the first time in over a decade, population is beginning to come back into uh, Northwest Indiana and they're beginning to see new jobs and investment uh, in companies. So it is a uh, long overdue and something I know, I know that a lot of people around the state uh, really like to see. Before I before I let you go, as you take a look at uh, InsideIndianaBusiness.com, um, you see that in in this idea of growth, uh, they uh, you've got Allison Transmission with an eighty three million dollar military contract, which is certainly uh, uh, great. Um, but construction beginning at the Evansville Airport. We mm-hmm. talk airports often. We talk the need for international flights uh, coming in and out of, of Indianapolis, more uh, nonstops as opposed to the connections that get made. And you take a look at a lot of flights out of Indianapolis lately, it seems that everything is is a connection. I'm heading out to Vegas in, in March. Everything except Spirit Airlines and Southwest was a, a, a connection. Is this the $7.5 million build, uh, and, and I only have like a, a minute or so, yeah. is this uh, business, is this really going to work to business attraction? And is there a move in, on, this, on the part of the Indianapolis International Airport to start continuing, or I should say to start continuing, to really start in earnest getting those flights that are going to be nonstop across the nation and around the globe? Yeah, I think a couple of things. I think if you look at Indianapolis, I think that effort has been ongoing and continues to be uh, to attract nonstops uh, around the country. Very important. I know that the airport, uh, the Indiana Chamber, Indy Chamber and some others, IEDC, have been uh, you know, really force. Uh, forceful in that regard. As as it relates to Evansville, I can tell you I've done a number of stories down there. Business community really concerned about the lack of nonstops, in particular to markets like Chicago and Detroit. Uh, companies based in Evansville, uh, Old National Bank, uh, Barry Global, and some others, Toyota in Southwest Indiana. Real concern that a you know a, a company like Old National Bank, you know, they may get to where they're getting big enough. Who knows that they moved their headquarters uh, based on lack of nonstop flights, maybe among other items. But anyway, it's a huge concern. Big improvements at the airport in Evansville, as you mentioned. This is the latest. Very important for business. 
Gary Dick inside Indiana business on the Twitter Xbox on the X at IIB. I appreciate you, man. Growth is good, but growth is it's not even a question of better. Um, it is it is that growth is 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 more opportune. I think for all of us when we see things happening outside of the capital. I just believe that to be true. It shows that everything is capable. If if, if there's a, a, a big data center going on in Fort Wayne, it makes other people say, well, we don't have to be an indie. And that makes indie compete more for the business. It's why I'm so high on, on Muncie and, and wanting to see things happen there. You, you have the university. Now we need to have one anchor to build around and then get one more anchor. Because as we've learned, you can't just rely on one. You can't. You got to have multiple things. You just got to be able to get that foot in the door. And I think this is actually helpful to a place like Muncie. And I think it's helpful to other cities. Get that foot in the door and get that growing. 100% I do. I I can't wait to see what happens next. You know, people talk about, uh, I was talking about Ron DeSantis being out of the race. And you see all these DeSantis supporters. Well, at least I live in Florida, the best run state and the freest state. Dudes, I'm not a super big fan of our governor because I think our governor has not done a a strong leadership job in a multiplicity of places. Some things, yes. uh, Too many things, in my view, no. Uh, He's also not a a guy who gets out there and talks and shares, and and he's not motivational by by any stretch. But the state of Indiana, you really going to tell me Florida's better? I'm not angry at Florida. Oh, sure, the weather's better some days. I don't know if you've been in humidity in Tampa. I'll take Indianapolis every day of the week. What are you, nuts? I will take Carmel gladly and with joy. I will. But uh, uh, we need to make ourselves the story. And the only way that happens, the only way that happens is, is through um, something that Hoosiers aren't into which is um, you, you have to promote yourself. You have to actually flex a little bit. That is so not a Hoosier thing to do. Uh, look, I've been here 10 years. I am not a Hoosier by birth. I don't know if 10 years, well, it's almost 10 years, right? June is 10 years, nine and a half years. I don't want to rush anything. Uh, I don't know if that makes you a Hoosier or not. I don't know how that works. I don't know who gets to make that call, uh, et cetera. What I know, what I know for sure uh, is is that you gotta you gotta self promote, you gotta share your story in a better and better way, um, and and you gotta crow a little bit, uh, you 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 do, you gotta you gotta push it out there, and so I, I think that that this is one of those stories that could really help make that story, which I think is already there. We're pretty great, no no no, not pretty great. We're great. I've argued that the, our, our problem is that we have not pushed to be the capital of the Midwest. And I've said this specifically about Indy, but it's really about Indiana. We should be the jewel of the Midwest and everybody chasing us. And we should just state it that that's the case. Build it and they will come. Let's just go have an attitude about the thing. I think attitude matters. I would just like to see more of it. I, I really would. And deals like this help that become a reality. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.
of course not. We had more people in the race. My job was to get every fella out of the race. We've got one left. My job was not to start going against Trump from the very beginning. You, it, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You have to go one at a time. And you know what he's saying? He has lied about that. He went and told everybody on your newscast throughout Fox that Democrats were going to be voting in this New Hampshire primary. Democrats can't vote in this primary. They had to change their registration months ago. October. Now, Nikki Haley making the argument that Trump has lied is, it, it, I mean, she's attacking Fox there. It's not a bad position for her to take that's not the line i want you to listen to tony katz tony katz today good to be with you the line is here of course not we had more people in the race my job was to get every fella out of the race did you hear it my job was to get every fella out of the race one more time okay every fella out of the race fella that is the second time she's used the term fella because the first time I heard it, when Ron DeSantis dropped out of the race, I said, well, that's a, that's a weird phraseology right there, isn't it? Now, we just heard that Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the race. Fella, she's going to win the nomination by saying stop voting for guys? She's going to win the nomination by saying get rid of this old boys club? She's going to win the nomination because, well, vagina first? I, I, I don't. I do not know what this philosophy is. I do not believe it works. Never mind in a primary. I don't even think this would work so much in a general. That's a progressive thought process. Certainly not conservative. Uh, I should differentiate differentiate that in Republicans these days. Uh, And I don't think it's an independent process, thought process. I don't know. That's not, that is not how I would advise to do it. But I'm not getting asked for my advice. No, am I? <laughs> oh, I should. They should ask. After all, those, those consultants make so much cash. Find everything at TonyCats.com. Tomorrow, everyone, be good. Take care.